When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to The Tapping Go. My name is Matt. My name is Freddie. Each week we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals and we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Hey guys, we're back today and very lucky to be joined by someone whose life in the last 12 months has been transformed. He's gone from playing against the likes of Matt and I this time last year to the likes of Owen Farrell and Tom Curry this year. He's of course Mr Charlie Atkinson, WASP number 10. How are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, thank you for having me on the podcast. How are you boys? Yeah, no worries. Good, thanks, mate. Good, thanks. Obviously, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for you, especially in the last sort of two months. You've been really chucked into the deep ends. You started Premiership and European games. How's that been? Um, yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, it was all a bit of a surprise for me, you know, coming back from that Prem final that we lost. And, you know, it was a really, it was a 10-day pre-season. So it was all a bit, you know, the environment was weird. And it was, um, you know, I felt like I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been there before. It was my first year. So to be given a start, I think four or five games in, you know, it was really, you know, it was a proud moment for me and my family. And, um, and luckily we got the win. So, you know, really enjoyed it and um, happy to, you know, keep going and staying with Moss. Yeah, sweet. So obviously it was more, so your first game, your first starts in the Europeans rather than the Premiership. Is that something obviously that you, well, obviously you said you're unexpected, but that was purely injury based, wasn't it? Um, It was, yeah, obviously, Jacob had a um, head injury, so the plan was for me to start the Montpellier game, and um, but you know because of his head injuries against Newcastle, um, that brought, got that got brought forward a game. So you know I was given the chance to start the Dragons game, and um, like I said, getting the win was all you know all we went for. And if I if I if I um, you know if I made mistakes and had a bad game, I still would have been happy if we got the win. But you know, luckily my game wasn't too bad. So, um, and yeah, again, you know, it was just happy to get the win and um, especially, you know, away at Dragons, which is, you know, it was a weird stadium as well. It was windy, it was open. And um, so, yeah, it was nice to go away yeah, to well. So that's that. I'm pretty sure you got, you've obviously got two tries, both pretty similar, show and goes. Yeah. On the inside. Is that something you look to use in your game quite a lot? Um, well, funny enough, both of them, I, I'm like the, my, my, my plan was to pass the ball, you know, I, I um especially the sale against sale. Um, you know, you could see I was actually shaping to pass and it was literally last second that I saw I think it was AJ McGinty flying up on um Adogu, so who I was looking to pass to. And so I had a flashback of my Gloucester game where I threw an inset pass. So um you know, I had to dummy it and luckily I got through and the uh I think it was sale hooker. Um, you know, it was late in the game or start of the second half, so a bit more tired and luckily I got away from him so um you know happy to score under the post and um so yeah it was nice getting the try especially in, as well with the Montpellier game um yeah it was my first ever full 80 minutes um so I was shattered off that but again you know it was just happy playing at the Rico you know wherever it is um I'm happy to be able to you know represent the Wars team yeah any thoughts on like try time celebrations got two in the bag maybe a third one um I think I have I have joked around with like my mates about that, but um, 
I think proper celebrations will only come in if there's a crowd. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be a bit weird just doing it in front of the camera um, with no noise or anything. So um, it would probably I'd probably end up doing some like basketball celebration. You know, I love basketball, watch it all the time. So I'd end up doing something that most people would be like, you know, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> um but yeah it's probably something i've got to talk to my mates about but um i've got to get some more tries first yeah, exactly those are sort of obviously one thing i've touched in the introduction is you've gone from the likes of school where everybody's playing the likes of own power and obviously it was only your second appearance was when i mean i'm sure most have seen a clip you got absolutely <laughs> up um did owen come see you after the game and sort of apologize and stuff um yeah well so i think there was about a 15 minute period between getting knocked out and then me actually, you know, my memory coming back. So the moment I remember from there. Um, so, you know, obviously I was knocked out by foul, lying on the floor, face face down on the ground. Um, and, you know, I woke up, I was having conversations with the doctor. Uh, there's photos of me, you know, on my knees and you know, they're checking my neck and stuff. And then I remember on BT, you know, on the camera, you can see me walking up, get up, walk over to um, Farrell on the sideline, shake hands with him. Then I go back to the changing rooms, um, you know, wash my face and stuff, come back out and sit down in the stands. And then that moment I sat down in the stands is the first thing I remember from oh. so the whole time. Like it was, it was obviously me awake, but it wasn't really me, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so, yeah, so I, <laughs> he apologised on the touchline, but I think he knew I was kind of out of it at that point. Um, so he came back to the changing rooms after the game. And um, asked the coach to grab me, and so he, you know, shook my hand, apologised, you know, quite a few times. So I could tell, I could tell how upset he was, and you know, it was genuinely just a mistake. Um, so there's no hard feelings there or anything. Pretty good story to be able to tell as well. So yeah, it's a good pop story. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, one thing that's happened in the last couple weeks, you got your England under twenties call up. So I know you went to Argentina with the under 18s, but was that was the under twenties in the back of your mind? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, you know, one of my main goals for the season. Um, and, you know, getting the call up was actually a bit of a surprise. You know, I, um, unfortunately, I missed, uh, you know, all the trial games and the um, training sessions because of commitments to Wasps. So getting the email that I was um, called up to the 20 squad was a uh, big surprise for me. But again, you know, it was my one of my main aims for the season. So, you know, it was a proud moment getting picked. And um, who let you know? Did you get a phone call? Was it? Uh, it was an email, you know, yeah. I think it was after a night out. So it was, <laughs> it was a nice, nice wake up call. But um, uh, yeah, it was just an email saying, you know, congratulations. And then the next day we got the itinerary and, uh, you know, dates and locations for trainings and stuff. So, you know, hopefully in the near future I could uh, go to a camp or, you know, Hopefully, get to get to put the shirt on. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So far, what's been like the most surreal experience? Like someone who like looked up and be like, "Oh fuck, it's like so and so." Uh, probably one of my first days. So, I think it was midway through June. Um, that's when training restarted again. So, it was technically it was called stage one. So, uh, you're in groups of six. Um, I was in a group with you know Dan Robson, Jacob Manger. Ben Vellacourt, Wusty, uh, Will Porter. So, you know, half, scrum halves, fly halves. Um, so the whole team was split into uh, groups, you know, depending on your position. Um, so I think it was on the day two or day three, you know, I was travelling from from where I live in Oxford to uh, Coventry every day and back. So I hadn't, we hadn't, we hadn't moved into academy houses. So I was, you know, waking up at like six in the morning to get there, which was, 
different to you know the time I'd wake up in the lockdowns. <laughs> um, but I think on I think it was on the third day um, we just finished the session. I was walking with Jacob uh, back to the cars, and I see Joe Launchby get out of his you know big Range Rover, and you know I'm wondering to myself, shit, does he know my name or you know does he know, <laughs> does he know who I am? Like who's this little kid just joining? Um, and then he actually calls my name first and says, you know, walks over, introduces, well, doesn't really introduce himself, but, you know, asks how I am. Uh, and then, you know, start having a little chat. And then he actually brings up um, uh, my school. So he had, um, the younger team had trained at Abingdon School um, during the Six Nations, just before the first lockdown. And he actually brought that up. So, you know, I knew that he did actually know who I was and, you know, where I was from, which was nice. Um, so that was, you know, it was a big moment for me. Uh, getting to meet the WAS captain, you know, he's a legend of the club. And um, yeah, that was definitely one of the standout moments, I think. Yeah, yeah sure. he's like yeah. properly the man, isn't he? You know, WAS and like proper guy. <laughs> um, moving on more, obviously, we touched on you, but we just want to find out a bit more. So, obviously, the COVID life and being in a professional rugby squad, how's, how's COVID, especially sort of our post lockdown, the restart, how's that affected the training schedule and everything for the team? Um, well, for me, it's only, I've had to find out what it was like before. Um, obviously I was at school, so I wasn't, I wasn't involved in any way. Um, but you know, what I've heard is that the days were much longer. So, you know, you'd come and you'd get breakfast. So basically we get, at the moment we just get lunch, uh, which is fair enough. <laughs> but, um, before you come in at about seven o'clock, you'd go to the gym, then get a cooked breakfast have your meetings, have rugby sessions, and then there'll be a long break uh, between lunch and then a unit session. So, you know, forwards would go outside, the backs would go outside and do their own thing. Um, and then your day would be done at about three o'clock. But now it's more of a, depending on your position, you know, obviously the gym can't be used for everyone at the same time. So um, the backs and forwards are split and because there's more forwards, they're split into front five and back row. Um, so at the moment, it normally starts at around eight o'clock and then we're done by about 12 o'clock or one o'clock. You know, we're still getting as much done as, as they would have before the lockdown, but um, it's just all a lot more compact. And from what I've heard, you know, everyone, everyone prefers that to the old, um, the old way that they would go through the day. So I think that's what, you know, that's what probably helped um, when, was, when we managed to go from, I think it was 10th place to finishing second and making the final. Um, so I think it does make a big difference, but... Um, so yeah, so what I'm experiencing at the moment is normal for me, but different for them. But um, now it's gradually becoming a norm. And obviously, match days, uh, do, you, do you have does that change as well? I mean, obviously, I'm speaking to someone who wasn't there before, but I can imagine turning up, you're all wearing masks. It's all quite COVID safe, as, or at least as safe as possible. Yeah, I think it's fairly similar. Like the only difference is that you know, like the if it's an away game, you know, you get your own room instead of sharing with someone. Um, Obviously, like you said, you know, wear masks whenever there's cameras. Um, so I think, you know, in general, and also I think away games, we we aren't given the away changing rooms. They try to make the, the home team and the away team as separate as possible. So uh, I wasn't involved in the Bath game last season, but I remember they were, they were, they made the change rooms for Wasps, the bar, um, just for a lot more space and just to, avoid any chance of spreading corona if anyone if anyone had it um so you know generally it's fairly similar to what it was before uh, obviously i didn't experience what it was before but um i think that, i don't think there's too much of a change yeah fair enough 
Obviously, one thing with Wasps is predictions quite a big thing. Obviously, post-match, you'll if or post-win at least, you'll have the big sing song in the changing room, which a lot of people see. What I've always like heard and seen videos. Of, what are you actually singing? Um, well, funny enough, I um, so I my first three appearances were um, the Sale game that we lost, the Saris game that we won, but I was knocked out, and then the Gloucester game. I think it was in round two of this season, which we lost as well. So we only sing it after a win. Um, and then, so the win, obviously, Saris, I was knocked out, so I don't remember the words. Um, and then it came to the Dragons game. Because it was my first start, um, Dan Robson, I think it was Dorchby, um, said for me to lead it. So, you know, everyone's banging on the wall, uh, the beats in the background. And then, you know, you start going like, oh. And then because I didn't know the words, everyone was just making that noise for about 10, 15 seconds. And normally you would, you know, probably finish the song by then. So everyone's just looking around, like banging the wall. And <laughs> no one knows what's going on. Um, but, you know, now I know the words. So I think it's... it's um, if you want to go to heaven when you die, um, and then you repeat that, and then it's uh, wear a black and yellow bonnet with a wasp written on it, if you want to go to heaven when you die. And that's pretty much it. But um, for, for a long time, I didn't actually know the words to it. So I was just kind of miming and banging the wall. And obviously you mentioned off camera, if anyone who's watching the video can see Charlie's sporting a pretty pretty good tan at the moment. That was a fine. Pretty orange. <laughs> uh, good question. Um, it's not even that, but like I basically I wore, I think it was last week, um, you know, it was freezing cold up in Coventry and it was you know, minus two degrees. So I decided to wear a pair of gloves to um, <laughs> to a back session. And, you know, some of the some of the big names, you know, where they wear gloves, you know, Lima Sopwang wears gloves and stuff. Uh, sorry to name drop. But um, <laughs> so I, I decided to wear a pair of gloves and I thought that was, you know, completely fine. And then we start warming up and then Dan Robson looks over and um, stares at my hands and just looks back at my eyes. And he, um, he realises they're actually hockey gloves, um, you know, Grey's hockey gloves. Mm. And I thought that was a good idea because they were grippy so I could, you know, I could still spin past and stuff. Um, but then he baits me out to the, the, um, you know, the coaches. And then the next day, uh, the dice roll comes back. So, you know, there were a few other guys that had to dice roll if they were, you know, had been late or anything. So, um, so obviously you'd, you roll a dice and um, the other punishments were like, one was eyebrow slit, another one was um, wear a suit whenever you're at the club and not training. Um, another one was bake a cake for the whole team. And so they're not too bad. And then so it comes to my turn. And number five is fake tan. So I chuck the dice and then it slowly it slowly rolls onto number five and you know, everyone jumps up cheering and laughing at me because they know I've got to get a fake tat. Um, so I went out and got it on Sunday and put it, or yesterday, put it on and came to training today. So well, it was an uh, interesting day today. And is that sort of dynamic? Like, is that a big thing? Like the rookie and kind of like the vet kind of situation where like uh, Lima can do what he wants because he's kind of a bit more of a vet? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Like, obviously, there's a, a lot of respect for the the vets, but you know, there's not. It doesn't feel like you know. Maybe maybe the size of the change room that you're in, maybe depends on how young you are or anything. But other than that, there's not too much of a you know, hierarchy, if you call it that. But um, you know, everyone's everyone's really friendly. Everyone has respect for each other. So you know, there's no problems with that kind of thing. And who's sort of taking you under the wing? So when you first joined. Um, so when I first joined, it was definitely uh, Jacob because 
you know, I was training with them every day and, um, and, you know, we're a similar age, so that kind of helps. Um, but, you know, I would, I would say all the, all the tens really. So Jimmy Goppler, Felipe Sopoinga, uh, Rob Miller helps as well. So they're all, they're all, um, you know, they're all happy to give me advice every day. You know, it doesn't have to, you know, it's not necessarily something technical every day. Uh, a couple of times Jimmy said just, just to enjoy every moment, you know, it's simple advice, but, you know, it goes a long way. Um, and it's not necessarily someone in my position either. You know, I've spoken to Joe Launchby a lot, uh, Malachi Fikatar. You know, everyone, everyone's happy to give, give a piece of advice any day of the week. Yeah, One thing I noticed whenever I'm looking towards the Wasp boys and stuff, it's you look like you're a very vibrant group, and they look like the, not loose cannons, but there's a couple pretty exuberant <laughs> fellas in the squad. Are there any who stand out for you? Um, Am I going to get you in trouble if you name us? <laughs> no, this is a tough question. Um, off the top of my head, no one, no one really stands. Like, you know, it is a tough question to be honest. Um, I think you know, there's some guys that uh, you know like to express themselves on social media. You know, it could be a picture or a caption or anything. And then there's guys, pretty much everyone. You know, on a night out, you're gonna have a bit of fun. So. I'm not really sure off the top of my head. You know, there's no one I would name, but but yeah, you know, it's, it's a fun group, and it's um, you know, it's every day is every day is a different day. Every day is interesting, and you know, I'm really enjoying being part of the team. Yeah, that good answer. <laughs> the 18 year old squad with, I mean, people up to the likes of 33, 34 on the nights out. Has that has that come back to bite you? Being a slightly more inexperienced. <laughs> um. Yeah, I did on the first social. Uh, a couple of them were, you know, if you're a new boy or if, you know, there was one that was oldest for youngest, so I ended up drinking against Jimmy Gopeth. Um So that, that came up a few times. But other than that, you don't really, you know, you don't really notice the age gap too much. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone's fun to be around with. And you can, you know, it, it, it is serious at times, especially meetings and stuff. But, you know, it's it's a... It's a fun cup to be at, and you know, every day's every day's a good day. Yeah, sure. Sounds like a real good. Did you have like an initiation or some sort? Uh, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> uh, actually, no, I probably yeah, I probably did the social, you know, the, yeah, uh, the drinking stuff. But um, and yeah, there's been a few dances. If you come back from injury, you have to do a dance in front of the whole team. Um, and then I've done a few a few songs with the academy as well, so. You know, across across the club, there's been a few initiations for me. I think. So obviously, the transition from schoolboy rugby playing for Abingdon against other public schools to playing what's it must be huge. But have you found that your like style of game has changed quite a lot as well to try and combat that? Um, I wouldn't say it's changed in a way that you know it's it's improved. Uh, it hasn't. I haven't had to stop doing something um, because of where I'm playing. If you know what I mean. So. I would say, you know, game management's become a lot more of a improvement for me. Um, you know, at school, school and academy, there wasn't too much of a focus on that. Um, purely because of, you know, the, you know, the fitness and defence of teams was not on the same level as it is in the Prem. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to rely on kicking because, you know, you could have some man child that can run 100 metres in 10 seconds that could just get you out of trouble. So um there's definitely been a big focus on that um 
And then I would say, you know, technical things like the actual um, skill of kicking and passing has been, you know, I've had to look, I've had to think about it a lot more. Um, and, you know, every day you can, you can find a new area of your game to improve on. All righty, guys, it's that time again. Time to pay for the pints. Today's podcast has been brought to you by our mates over at Team Blazers. Big shout out to them. The great British Blazers company kidding you out for every match day social. Check them out now. Obviously, you're now based in Coventry, at least, for, in, as you said, the housing with your mate or whoever. Have yeah. you found, it's sort of, it's not, obviously, it's not, you, most of your mates are off at university now. It's sort of like your own university in a way. You're still getting experience away from home, but obviously it's doing what you love rather than studying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not studying at the moment. I'm, you know, my parents are quite annoyed by that, but um, I will, I'll, I'll start studying soon. I think I'll, I think I'll look at doing open university, which is online, uh, even though university is online at the moment anyway. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's fun being in a house on your own. Uh, it was weird at the start because at one point, you know, when it back in stage one, so June, July time, uh, there was a there was a point when I was actually living completely on my own. Um, and, you know, I never lived away from my parents or my family before. So that was weird. But you know, now I'm living with two guys, uh, one's in my year, one's two years above. Um, so it's good fun. You know, we get to, uh, you know, we get a lot of free time at home as well. Training's, like I said, you know, training finishes at about 12 o'clock, one o'clock. So you got a lot of free time, um, a lot of Warzone playing on Xbox. But, you know, it's good. to sum it up, it's just, it's just a good time. It's just a fun time. Yeah, no, it sounds it. And have you found sort of, I don't know, playing with people, obviously always improving, especially as an 18-year-old, playing with the likes of Jimmy Goppert, Thelemus, Wango and stuff. But have you found that you've almost been able to bring like a new lifeness, being the youngster, being the one who's running around doing it all to the squad? Um, what, for the for the other guys in the team? Or? Yeah. Sort of have you brought, is that, do you like to think you brought something of your own to the squad? Um, <laughs> tough question again. Um not yeah, you know, I don't want to sound boring, but I don't think you know probably not something that stands out. But um, I think you know all the young guys bring you know someone new for the older guys to take the piss out of. So <laughs> uh, you know again, there's not there's not a massive difference between. Or there's not a big there's not a problem between you know the older guys and the young guys. There's no there's no tension or anything. Um, and I think you know I, well, I hope they would say that you know us young guys bring some more energy and more, you know, we just started, started pro, pro life. Um, so I think just that energy and excitement that we, um, you know, hopefully I'll, they would say that we bring that to training and, and match days. Outside of the game, what, outside of the game, what's been like the hardest thing adjusting to pro life, do you reckon? Uh, I think it's probably just living in, living somewhere that I'm not used to. So, I'm from Oxford, but I'm living in Coventry. So luckily it's not too far away. It's only about an hour and 15 minutes from my house. Um, you know, I can, I can drive back pretty much whenever I want. Um, obviously COVID rules, but so I don't get to go, as, go home as much as I would like to. But again, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not like I, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to be in Coventry. Uh, you know, we've got a decent house. My room's pretty cool. Uh, I get I get get along really well with the guys I live with, so it's not like I want. To, obviously, I want to go home and see my family, but 
I don't um, I don't need to. Um, you know, I can I can call them and uh, you know, there's a lot of FaceTimes with them and it's always nice to go back. But um, you know, I'm happy I'm happy in Coventry. But at the start, it was a big difference. Um, that was probably the biggest change for me uh, moving to Coventry. But again, I'm really enjoying it and uh, you know, there's no there's no problems with anything. Do you think you're managing to find the right sort of balance between being a professional rugby player but also still being an 18-year-old? Uh, well, I'm 19 now, but <laughs> um, just turned 19. Uh, no, I've never, luckily, I've never really found any problems with trying to balance rugby with um, social life. Um, you know, at school, I was, well, you're obviously with your best mates every day, um, so you still get to have fun. Um there's a big change between, you know, when I was at school, I was training, training with wasps once a week. And now it's four or five days a week, um, which does, does have an effect on, you know, some, sometimes your mates might be going out on a Tuesday and that's decided, but you might have training on the Wednesday. So you can't, you can't go out with them. Um, but, you know, most of my close mates, they, uh, you know, they're happy to, even if they've gone out the night before and then I'm out, say I was out tonight, they'd be happy to go out on the, do the double. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not too much of a problem. Again, you know, there's a lot of free time because training sessions, training days are, too, are not too long. Um, so yeah, I've never really found, found it a big problem to, or never found it difficult to uh, have some balance in the life. I think one thing I noticed when obviously looking at you is you've joined Wasps who have got a fantastic thought with the fly halves. So you obviously sort of came in, you've got Jacob, you've got Lima who plays both 10 and 15, Jimmy Gopper, do you sort of, does that, does that help you? Almost knowing that obviously being a youngster, your game time is probably going to be limited, but you know you've got so much time to grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, everyone pushes each other to improve. Um, and, you know, most of the guys can play another position as well. Um, you know, I, I would like to say I could cover 15. Um, but, you know, like I said, everyone everyone pushes each other to improve and, there's no, there's no tension between anyone. Everyone's, everyone's happy to help. Everyone's happy to help um, each other improve and um, make changes to the game if it if it helps the team. Um, so you know, you you would think that there would be tension or there'd be arguments or you know, you might not want to be mates with the guy that's in your position. But you know, there's nothing like that at Wasps, um, and I'm sure it's the same at other clubs. Yeah, I know completely. I think obviously one thing is you could potentially look at the Wasps team. You could have four fly halves in the match day twenty three. You could have, yeah. Well, that's so that sort of shows the versatility that you can have. And the fact Lena plays fifteen, Jimmy can play in centres. It sort yeah. of shows that's just the wealth of experience. Yeah, kicking it is outrageous. Yeah, <laughs> it's unreal. So I think sort of before we finish, what's next? Obviously, you said one of your goals was under twenty, so you have got that. You're obviously looking to bounce on. Is it now just trying to get more regular game time, trying to establish yourself more? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, just to establish myself to most <clears throat> within the club, um, and you know, I think obviously it's my first year. I've got, you know, I've got time to kill. Um, I think another big aim is to avoid injury. Uh, obviously, that can that can end some people's career, some players' careers. Um, but yeah, I think the main aim is just to you know gain respect of the guys at the club and um, gradually get more and more game time. Uh, that would be. You know, the the dream for me. Avoid flying England captains, then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, we can avoid that this season. Um, 
but yeah, I think, you know, like you said, establish yourself and, uh, you know, fingers crossed for some more game time in the future. Yeah, well, mate, cheers. Obviously, one thing that we've asked quite a few of our guests, our favourite moment, but I think you sort of touched on that, but are there any standout moments from your very brief but impressive career so far? Um, I think it would be the, the try against Montpellier. Um, it was, you know, like I said, it was my first, first ever full 80 minutes. Um, obviously, school and academy was 70-minute games. Um, and then, you know, we got the win and I was able to score under the post uh, the last play of the game and then convert it. Um, so, obviously, everything's on TV. So, my family were there, family were back home watching. My mates were either in a pub streaming on their phone or, you know, watching it at a house. Um, so, I think that would definitely be the standout moment. Um, you know, getting to score for Wasps at the Rico uh, is definitely, you know, it was a big day for me. Big night out after? Uh, don't really remember it, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a fun night out. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. One thing, sorry, I know. So yeah, but one thing I noticed is you sort of, especially kicking off the tee, you sort of taken a back. Uh, sort of, you haven't been doing it as much as the likes of Liam and Jimmy. Is that because simply because they're better, or is that them um, taking the they want it? Yeah, yeah. No, you know they've they've proven to be eighty percent plus uh, kickers their whole career. Um, and then you know, I wouldn't say my kicking is terrible, but you know it was it was good at school and academy. Um, and then. You know, I'm getting a bit of game time at Wasps, but you wouldn't, you know, just because I'm at 10 or just because, you know, I'm a 19-year-old kid, you know, it doesn't mean I have to, it doesn't mean I'll be kicking if we've got a guy that will make 8 out of 10, eight out of 10 kicks. Kicking um, far from terrible, it killed us two years running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I let them do their thing and, um, you know, whatever's best for the team, to be honest. Yeah, sure. Well, cheers, Charlie, for jumping on the podcast. It's always good to have someone, especially our age, to like, you know, listen to their thoughts and sort of hear what's going on. So hopefully more good things come to you and best of luck for the future. Yeah, massive thanks to chat, Charlie, and I'm sure we'll see you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.